Listening to the Issues Podcast. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is an episode of the Issues Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Russ, Tom Brennan, and Martin Wickens. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Issues Podcast with Tom Martin and Stephen. And in a sense, this is like a reunion. This is uh, this is not the first time we've all been together on a podcast. This is really the uh, what we would call new beginnings. And so we're here today to begin a new podcast that we are airing today. It's also going to be airing on radio. And so we're going to put it out a few different ways. But guys, welcome back. What do you what do you have to say? How's your day going? And and what do you think about jumping back in like we are today? Well, I'm glad I'm to excited. be back. But since you guys you know, sound so excited, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be back. I am. But yeah, everybody just wants to listen to Martin anyway, so I'll be quiet now. <laughs> so much truth in that statement. <laughs> oh man, the well, pressure! I can't take the pressure. You were you were made for this, Martin. This is this is uh, obviously something we've done before, uh, and we've all we've all got a little experience podcasting with one another. But we wanted to begin a new um, a new chapter and uh, turn a page and and begin with the first episode of what we're calling the Issues Podcast. And so we have a few things to discuss before we get into the issue of the day. And one of the things we want to discuss is why we're back. Why start over again? Why a new name? Why all of those things? Uh, Martin, why don't you kind of take it from here? Tell us a little bit about why we decided to start a new podcast. Well, as you said, we have come back to this as kind of a a reunion. Uh, And one of the reasons for this podcast carries over from our previous project together in that there's a voice that's needed for those who believe what we believe and put those things into practice the way that we do. You know, we're conservative, independent, fundamental, Baptist, and, you know, we seek to be balanced and gracious. Uh, We're focused on what we are for, not what we're against. And there just doesn't seem to be much filling the airwaves that take that position. And there are some great podcasts that are out there. You know, I'm, I'm not setting ourselves up against anyone else, but for our particular voice and belief, there seems to be a corner that we can fill. Uh, another reason for it is um, there's been a strong demand, to be honest. You know, we were very humbled by the response that we got previously. And we've been humbled by the many requests to, you know, do something else. And even, I think all of us have had people reach out to us and ask when we were going to produce a, a new episode. And so if you did that, then this is kind of on you. Uh, hopefully it will be to your credit and not something you regret. Um, but you know, in, in all seriousness, it has been humbling to have so many people reach out to us. Um, I heard, know, a, just, I, I, I heard at a recent conference you were at that you could hardly just listen to the message because oh my goodness, so many people were coming up to you and talking to you and <laughs> oh my want word. you to sign their Bibles and name their first child after you, all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> No, I can guarantee there's not going to be a lot of little Martins running around. I, I, I think okay. I think that may have been I think that may have been misrepresented. Um, but no, this whole segment's going to be misrepresented if we're not careful. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, I was there at that conference with Martin, and so we sat. That, uh, aren't I saying the ahead. truth? Did everybody ignore yes. you, Brother Russ, and yes, just talk to I, him? It was like I was invisible, and it was like everybody's like, "Excuse me, uh, yeah, we've we've listened to you before. Hey, move out of the way. We want to talk to the guy with the British accent." So that was that was my experience. It was quite humbling. Uh, it was just humbling to sit next to Martin Wickens and be ignored the whole week, not by Martin, by everyone else. So, yeah, there's a, <laughs> the demand falls within the accent. If I'm if I'm being honest here today. Well, no, you know I what? Think- having having gone through that, I feel like. I'm really too big for this podcast, so Ooh. I'm just going to check out now and uh, you know see where I can move on to. 
No, Man. thanks for giving us. Thank you for giving us a couple of minutes of your of your valuable time. Little Martin has uh, sprouted some wings. Woo! Goodness, it's awesome. No, no. In, in all seriousness, it has been. It's just been so humbling. I mean, genuinely, um, to know that we had an impact in people's lives, and, and to know that in some small way we were a help. And so, you know, we're joking about it now, but it, it really, really is something that we feel like um, we want to keep doing in, in some some manner. And the first time around that we did this, we we didn't have any anticipation of it becoming what it did. And I think we were taken a little bit off guard by the workload. Um, and now that we've had a sabbatical, we've kind of had time to step back to reassess you know, I think the the three of us have been able to regroup and start this this new project together. And speaking of the past, um, something that we have to keep in mind is that somebody out there may be tuning in for the first time to this podcast and not realize what's happening. And so we did have a podcast prior to this one. And Tom, I think maybe you could tell everybody what that podcast was, even the name of it, and uh, talk a little bit about why it's uh, me, you, and Martin today uh, greeting everyone. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and and what the reasoning behind it is? Well, obviously, in this obviously to those that were listeners on the last podcast, there was four of us on that one, and the other member was Steve Brudnick. And it's plain that it's the three of us on this one, and he's not here. And that is not because of a lack of respect for him. We want to take just a moment in this podcast and explain that it's not that we don't respect him. Um, I've known Steve Brudnick longer than either of my other two fellow podcasters here. And uh, we respect him besides that for what he's accomplished in the ministry. It's not that we don't love him um, uh, as a brother in Christ, but also as a co-laborer in the ministry. We spent how many hours? I mean, right. if you were to guess off the top of your head, a couple hundred hours, maybe more than that, working on the Probably last so. podcast over um, a summer, fall, and winter. And, and, and you grow close to someone in the course of that. So it's not that we don't respect him or love him. And it's not that we don't have a continued relationship with him because we do. All three of us talk to him from time to time. Um, I talked to him just briefly this morning. Um, I called him last week about a certain issue that I wanted his counsel on. I'm actually going to see him next week uh, as we're recording this. His marriage retreat in Chicago is next week, and I'll, I'm I'm attending that with folks from my church. And so it's it's not that we've boxed him out of our lives, or he's boxed us out of his life. But we also need to be clear that there's been were some creative differences that we had. Um, enough so that we felt that it was wiser to proceed in this new podcast with just the three of us and at the same time to work hard to maintain a good relationship with him separately. And so it's important that our listeners understand we love him, we respect him, and we do have a continued relationship. Um, and all of that is going to continue, but we're moving forward with the three of us for what we think are good reasons. Right. And I appreciate the spirit in which all of that was stated. So um, one might think that we named this podcast because there were some issues, but that's not the case. And we want to talk for a minute about uh, the name and what our heartbeat behind that is. You know, the first thing that you might think, okay, you know, why the name Issues, uh, Issues Podcast? Well, number one, it's it's a broad um, it's a broad name. It gives us a very broad framework from which to uh, go forward into any topic. Uh, but we do want to stay within the boundaries of where we were with the Dear Church podcast. And really what that is, is that's dealing with uh, issues of ministry, spirituality, family, uh, lots of other issues. And we want to present those things from a balanced viewpoint. We want to have heartfelt conversations uh, among the three of us as pastors we do not believe that this podcast should be limited only in its scope to ministering to other pastors. As a matter of fact, with the Dear Church podcast, we heard from just everyone. I mean, I could tell you the, the number of people that were reaching out to me, even as of late, I'm talking about months after the final episode, they were not all pastors. <laughs> and that was what right. was so unique about it. it was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize the size and scope. And so when we decided to get back on the horse, uh, so to speak, we wanted a name that would allow us the, um, the ability to kind of maneuver through the same, uh, the same uh, uh, issues, if you will, that we were talking about before. And so it's, it's broad. Uh, it is, in a sense, self-deprecating. You know, all three of us have issues, so we're happy to talk about those. We're not going to be talking about these issues from a position of pride or arrogance to the best of our ability and by the grace of God. 
we want to come to our listeners with a heart that says, hey, some of these are things we struggle with. Some of these are things that we're working through. And just to sit down and have a conversation about the issue is, I hate to use the word, but it's therapeutic in a sense. It's like, oh, we can we can talk about this. And among the three of us, we're not going to isolate from one another or ostracize one or the other. And that's that's kind of our heart with this is that we were able to do that. Now, the main reason for the name and where it comes from is Proverbs chapter four, where the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. An issue is that which comes out of. It's it's that which takes place. And so most of the things that we are specifically uh, looking at with this podcast, and you'll see, a, a I think, a, a host of different topics. Most of those things are going to be things within the scope of our ministerial work. And we're excited to do that. We're, we're very excited to talk about some of these things again. And, but we also have to realize that the issue is not what my brother or sister is doing wrong. The issue right. is not right. that we can't stand this other movement or we hate these people. No, the issue is always an issue of the heart. And I don't know if any of your parents ever said this, but my dad and and even my grandfather, who was a pastor here at our church for 42 years, uh, occasionally, you know, we would have someone leave or or go to a different church or stop going to church altogether. And uh, one of the things that my grandfather would say from time to time is, son, the issue is never the issue. And I thought, wow, that's that's very wise because <laughs> sometimes we get hung up on one thing and really the issue is something totally different. The issue is a matter of the heart. And so we want to discuss all of the topics from a position of humility, also acknowledging that the heart is really the issue. And so we're going to be dealing with us. We're going to be talking about our issues. We're going to be discussing them in a way I hope that will be helpful to everyone. And I think, you know, you mentioned Proverbs chapter four, and as we were just talking through in our discussions about what to name this podcast, we we wanted to name it not so it would be noticed, but so that it would represent what it is we're trying to say. And we spent how much time working our way through Proverbs chapter four and trying to find a way to use a phrase from Proverbs chapter four that would encapsulate what we're trying to accomplish. We're pursuing wisdom. We want to look at the path we're going in and 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 not stray it to the left or the right. You know, there's so many wonderful ideas there conveyed in Proverbs chapter four, but that idea is that it comes back to the heart and all the issues that we have are either of our own making or our response to someone else's. And those, those are always hard issues. Family issues are hard issues. Church issues are hard issues. Relationship issues are hard issues. Government issues are hard issues. It, it, it all is. That's really, it's amazing how much wisdom was in that one chapter. You right. just mentioned the verse that says not to go from to the right hand or the left. And it's, it's the same goal that we've had as we've podcasted together now for the last two years is that we do want to discover the ditch on both sides of the road. And we want to avoid the pendulum effect of going too far in one direction or reacting too far in the other direction. And we want to make sure that we stay on the straight and narrow. And so, Lord willing, as we discuss issues, that will be our heart. That will be, I promise our listeners, and, <laughs> you know, I think this goes without saying, but we're not going to be perfect and we're not going to try to be perfect. As a matter of fact, we love the feedback that we get that says, hey, you guys didn't discuss it from this perspective because that makes that makes us go mm-hmm. back and and we intend to do some live broadcasts. Um, we do it on Facebook Live. We'll do it uh, kind of over Zoom. And, and if, you, if you know what we did before, it'll be similar to that. And we'll take your feedback and we'll plug it into that, that episode and we'll talk about it. And there have been times where we have said, yeah, you know, we didn't, we didn't think, consider that. We didn't think about that. So I think that's helpful. And that's too. one of the lessons we draw from Proverbs 4. When you talk about not stepping to the right hand or to the left, it really does put you in mind of the fact that it's one step at a time. You know, it's a learning process. And although as pastors, we hopefully have attained some degree of understanding, we also know that we're continuing to learn, continuing to grow. And so it's not one step at a time. And if we can help people as we we go through this, well, then, you know, that'll be wonderful. Amen. And I'll say that, that that from my perspective, you know, we, we touched, you know, people that I'd never met or would never have met otherwise, 
you know, in podcasting and their response to us, as you alluded to, one of you alluded to a moment ago, strengthened us by by checking us, by encouraging us to look at an angle we hadn't thought of. So in a sense, um, you don't you don't learn when you're talking, but sometimes you learn what you don't know when you're talking because somebody tells you you didn't know it. So we're looking forward to that, too. Oh, <laughs> well, you say something and as it comes out, you're like, wow, that sounded better in my head. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Like yeah. Just a minute ago with the little Martins running around that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I can't believe you! I can't believe you brought us back to that. Thank you, Tom. Sorry, Appreciate yeah, I should, I should have let it die. <laughs> well, we do, we, we do make a commitment to you, and it's it's both, it's a it's a commitment to transparency. It's also a selfish thing. I'll explain. We're going to do as little editing as possible on our conversations. Now, I mean, if we have a audio issue like Martin coughing into his microphone, which he did a minute ago, uh, or if we have, uh, yeah, he, he turned it off. Don't worry. If we have those kind of things, yeah, that's fine. But sometimes we're going to be talking. And I recall very specifically some of the hard things we talked about before. And I just was like, I, I want to go back and take everything I said and erase it and right. throw it away and not really care that it, the conversation doesn't make sense with one voice removed from it. But uh, But we left it in because... You know, that's that's the whole point of this. It's it's a genuine conversation. It's something that while we have kind of prepped for a topic in our heads and maybe jotted a few notes down, we have not scripted any of this. None of this is scripted. It's all something that we're able to say we are talking about this pretty much for the first time in long form. So um, that's it. Uh, another thing I wanted to say before we get into the topic of the day. And so today's episode's a little bit of an introduction plus a topic one of the things we'd like to do in this season and in the seasons ahead as the Lord gives us the ability to continue is we'd like to include guests on specific topics. And so you can expect that. And anytime we do that, we'll try to announce that a couple of weeks out and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, we hope that that will, that will add to the conversation. It'll add a fresh voice, maybe a little bit of expertise in an area where Martin and I are lacking. Um, I'm leaving Tom out of that because uh, he's, the all wise one, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the plan. And I didn't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to share about the, the podcast itself before we get into the topic or not, but those, those were kind of the things on my heart. I'm good. All right. Sounds good. Well, I let's jump in. Insight, Go ahead. Maybe some, uh, insight behind the, the struggles we sometimes have is when there's a long silence and then Stephen comes on and says, Hey Tom, why don't you take this? It's because <laughs> it's because he doesn't want to say anything. And so it's kind of like hands it off to someone else. Um, so no, but I, I think you covered it well. I, I think, you know, we want to do our best to present the word of God as we know it and have we learned it. Um, but it is a process and it's going to be real and conversational and by the grace of God helpful. Amen. Amen. So we have a topic today that we'd like to discuss. We'll spend the rest of our time together um, commiserating about this specific area. We wanted our first episode to be something that is edifying, something that is helpful. And what could be more edifying to a believer than having a personal daily walk with the Lord? I will say that as a pastor of almost nine years now, and prior to that, youth pastor for three years, so been in full-time ministry for since I've been out of Bible college and worked uh, worked in it prior to that as well, that the most difficult part about my job really has nothing to do with my job. Really, it has to do with remaining faithful to a daily walk with my Savior. And I, I recognize that that could be that could be so um, dangerous to to neglect and all of that. It is dangerous to neglect. But all of my failings as a husband, as a father, as a pastor all of my failings as a Christian have all stemmed from one thing. And that is that during the times where I have walked in the flesh, it's always been because I've neglected to walk in the spirit by having that personal daily time mm -hmm. with the Lord. And, and it's something that we want to take today and discuss as a matter of how each of us can be helped from the other and how our listeners can be helped from this conversation. So, Guys, let's start off. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit today about the importance of a walk in the sense that maybe each of us could articulate why we believe it's so important for a believer to have a daily walk with the Lord. 
yeah, you know, Job says in chapter 23, uh, and Job is the first book of the Bible written. Um, Genesis, of course, takes place before that, but chronologically in order they were written, Job's written first. Job says in chapter 23 that he esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food, that sense mm. of how vitally important it is. So when I wake up, I'm hungry, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do in the morning, but I'm going to get to a breakfast table relatively quickly. I have lunch. I packed lunch. I came to church today. You know, I've got plans for supper tonight. My wife will have supper for me when I get home. I'm not going to go without food over the course of a whole day unless it's very specific for very specific reasons, or I'm in the middle of an absolute disaster. And that's the illustration that Job uses to talk about how necessary it is that we pay attention to the word of God and that we come to it often. And, you know, as you mentioned a moment ago, Brother Russ, that this matter of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh, and we can't walk in the spirit if we're not, you know, in the pages of the word of God and and listening to him that way and talking to him via prayer. And so it's, it's just an, just an absolutely utterly important thing that every Christian must do regularly. So there are times when we are certainly commanded to study the word and to spend time with the Lord. But I think more often than not, what I notice is David's desire to be with the Lord and to spend time with him in prayer and praise. And that example, I think speaks to me, you know, as much, if not more than the direct command to study the word. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and so there's both in the Bible, right? There's the command to, and maybe we should distinguish a little bit, is private devotion the same as study? I don't think because so Because to, to me, it's no. not. But I understand why you would use the words synonymously just in casual conversation like this, because, you know, we are in a sense, I mean, I, I, hey, I've been reading my Bible for private devotions before and I get a sermon. I, I don't I don't try to not let that happen. But sometimes I go to my private devotions looking for sermons when I should just go looking for refreshment or time spent with the Lord or to get to know God more. And um, I think that's probably I think the, the, I think the one leads massive, into the other. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree with that because you come across things you're reading that you don't understand and you want to learn more about um, in, in that sense. But we're all familiar with the, with the concept of the danger of just studying the Word of God and not reading it ourselves to feed our own soul. You know, that that's a well-known problem that every person, you know, especially every pastor, but I think every Christian at some point who, who ministers to others struggles with in some way. But do, do, you think, not, do you think that is something that folks who are not teachers or pastors struggle with a lot? Well, uh, uh, you're going to get me in trouble. Um, no, I don't mean it as a as a catch, you know, as a gotcha. I know, I, but, my, but my answer is going to sound harsh unless I frame it well. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> anybody who, who reads the word of God with a desire in their heart to know the Lord and to get themselves right with the Lord in the process of that and adjust to his will as revealed in the word of God, that's what they're trying to accomplish. But as you progress in the Christian life, you know, what is it? Is it Peter? I, I can't think. I think it's Peter says one for a time. You ought to be teachers, right? As you mature in Christ and you move past being a babe in Christ, you're supposed to teach other people, which mm-hmm. requires then what Paul says to Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You're supposed to study the word of truth. So then as you move from from being a baby Christian to a more mature Christian, you will inevitably teach others, which requires study. But if you leave behind or abandon for a period of time, that foundation of I'm approaching the word of God as my necessary daily food to feed my own soul. Mm-hmm. If you, if you leave that aside and you simply study it, you know, in order to teach someone else something, I think everyone should at some point become a teacher. And when you do, you will have that temptation. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it does. I, in my mind, there's still... So so the way that I'm going to summarize what you said, communion should precede study. Is it that should fair? always accompany study. I, I don't know about precede, but yes, maybe in, in linear order in the sense of as a Christian develops, but, but you know, it, it, it will always be included. It will always be part of that. You can't, you can't build a, a tower or a building of study and, and teaching and abandon that foundation of your own personal relationship with the Lord. And the devil loves to do that, right? I mean, that's that oh, yeah. we're all familiar with those horror stories. You know, when you trace the horror story back of moral collapse, it's you abandon the word of God. You abandon your prayer closet. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think, you know, some of the most expressive moments of praise that you get with the Apostle Paul come after some of the most doctrinally deep 
segments in, in scripture. I mean, Romans 9, 10, and 11 are about as deep and disagreed upon as, as you get. And yet the final verses of Romans 11, Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, mm-hmm. how unsearchable are his judgments. I mean, he's just yeah, overflowing with praise. And so, you know, there, there's a danger of it being purely academic or it being purely would you say maybe emotional on the other side that it's only devotion and it's not built upon a foundation of, of truth. But when you combine the two, you get this, I think really perfect um, response to God. We, we well, devoted and we worship because of truth. So, so to me, that makes so much sense. And I'll tell you why we on Wednesday nights will study through a book of the Bible and it's verse by verse, line upon line. And we just take as much time as we need. We don't put any kind of, you know, we're going to start here and end here kind of rules on it. And so over the past three years, we've studied Hebrews. I mean, that was, we actually were in Hebrews every Wednesday night during COVID. Uh, So much of that was online. We then went to I believe it was Ephesians last year. Yeah. And, and it took the whole year. And, and when I say the whole year for us, that's February through the end of the year with a few interruptions along the way. This year, we kind of breezed through Hosea. Um, I felt so inadequate and I feel like I have to go back and redo it. That's just personal. You know, I'm just probably overanalyzing my my performance, which is impossible to avoid and yet shouldn't be done. Uh, but then also we jumped from that into... Um, First Peter. Well, actually, we did Second Peter and then First Peter. It was weird. I, I don't know why I did it that way, and it was just the way that worked out. But we're in First Peter right now, and by examining very deeply the principles, the, the verses, the doctrine, all of that, I will say that my own personal worship has been enhanced because the more I understand doctrinally about my Savior, the more my heart rejoices in who I am as a believer, and it reinforces. Mm-hmm. I think it's cyclical. I think it can go the other way as well. Does that make yes. sense to you guys? You know, I, I like the way you phrase that, and it reminds me very much of Paul, who you referenced a moment ago, Martin, in, in Romans. He does the same thing in Ephesians, which I've spent lots of time in. And you know, he'll, he'll give us some doctrinal teaching, and then he'll, he'll just be excited about it. And it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite preachers of yesteryear is Martin Lloyd-Jones, who pastored in London, England for about 30-some years uh, in the last century, and the tagline for his ministry that's put out, you know, by his trust that Mark that puts out his material is logic on fire, and it's mm-hmm. that idea of we're we're studying, we're in, we're we're looking at the Word of God, and as we study it, it catches our heart on fire with delight for God. There always has to be that 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 connection between those two. Now, maybe not when I was a teenager and I started reading the Bible, and I was only pre my only sermons were five minutes in children's church and. You know, the, my 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 walk with God was much more important than my study was. Um, but yeah, they should feed each other. They should build each other. Um, but of the two, I think the most important is your own personal relationship with God, getting your heart in tune with the Lord and in love with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may depend on our state of mind and spirit as we come into a time of devotion. Sometimes what we are going to need is for our, our mind, for our, well, when I say mind, our emotion, our spirit to be lifted or challenged or rebuked. Sometimes there's something of learning and there's something more academic that needs to take place. And so maybe it's where we're lacking for the day that we kind of get the emphasis. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. So, ha- and in that in that same strain, you know, I'm thinking about how many times sermons, especially earlier on, I started to say early on in my pastorate, you know, earlier on in my pastorate, um, how many times sermons were preached because of what God was giving me. And mm. there's nothing wrong with that, but it's I, I think I've had to grow into the reality that I both have a need personally, and I can't always let my own personal need be reflected in my preaching. Not always. Have you ever tried to preach something that God gave to you and you tried yeah. to preach it and it just fell flat and you were just like, <laughs> this is the most amazing thing. How can you not be blessed by it? And it's as if the Lord turned around and said, well, it wasn't for them. And, uh, you know, ha- have you had that happen? Yeah. No, I've never had a message fall flat. I don't, oh, can you explain goodness. to me what that feels like? <laughs> 
Hey, Stephen, do you want to take this one? Oh, yeah, <laughs> gladly, <laughs> gladly. No, no, and that's exactly what I was saying, though. And that's my point is sometimes I would preach to my church what God gave me for me. And sometimes I'm preaching through what my church needs and God does feed me, but I realize that it's coming along the, the path of, of following God in my vocation as pastor. So I don't want to spend too much time on that because yeah, no, you're right. obviously, obviously this is not just a podcast for pastors, but I think for those pastors who are listening, they can relate. So to bring this to a place of application, the importance of communion is something that is is absolutely essential as it relates to your calling, whether that's your calling as a Christian, as a father, as a husband, as a spouse in general, as a pastor, uh, and and on and on and on. It, it it transcends all vocations. It transcends all of that, and we have to embrace it. So everyone needs a walk with God. Okay. What does that look like for someone? What does it look like for a baby Christian? What does it look like for uh, someone who's had a little time to grow? What does it look like for a pastor who everyone in their congregation probably has this presupposition in their mind that, oh man, he's just, you know, spending hours and hours in prayer every morning. Oh my goodness. You know, I don't want to let him down and tell him that's not true all the time. But what does it look like? You know, we have to we have to get to a place where it's applicable. We have to get to a place where it actually takes shape and form. And that's what I want to get into the heart of for the next few minutes, because I want to leave people with something today. I think there's some, some things that are included no, no matter where you are on that spectrum of Christian maturity in your personal time with the Lord that are always there. I think as you mature in Christ, there are other things that are added along the way. Um, but I would throw this out just as as a practical, since we're talking about the application of this. I think that in every case, whether you're just a young person listening to this and trying to apply this to your own walk with the Lord, or you're a senior saint, it's this matter of becoming still and quiet. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual or, or spooky, I guess, or mystical, but the psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. And as I must come to a place where I am I am private, as much private as I can possibly get, where there is no noise, not just in my external environment, but in my soul, in my heart, so that as I, as I quiet myself, I open myself up to the Lord. He speaks in a still small voice, not technically applying to this, but realistically applying to this. And I think every person who's going to effectively spend time with the Lord on a daily basis has got to approach him quietly and listening for his voice. So what does that look like? For me, it looks like going to one particular location, you know, let's say the front bench outside my kitchen window. And before I open up my Bible, I take a moment and I pray and I, I tell the Lord, it's like I'm telling myself how hungry I am and telling the Lord how hungry I am. I quote that verse, Psalm 119. I can't think of the reference, but it's in Psalm 119, Lord, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God, I need you today, whether I'm conscious that I need you because of these this long list of things, or I just know I need you because I know I need you because you told me I need you. Will you give me something from the word of God today that will feed me, that will help me, that will show me yourself and as you show me yourself, will you give me the grace to do what you show me I should do? And it, it's just, it, it's putting everything else aside that's happening in my life, in my parenting, in my marriage, in my church, in my writing ministry, with my neighbors, with everything, and and forgetting all of that and turning just to the Lord and opening my heart to him. I, I just, I think it's very interesting. And it's even spoken to me that the initial point of Speaking about the components of our devotional life, you started with stillness because my initial instinct is to say, well, pray, read, sing, and then be still. Um, but I think it's it's very powerful that you begin with stillness. Hmm. Yeah, because you can't listen unless you're quiet, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point that devotions is as much about listening as it is about praying or reading. Uh, well, if you, look at, if you look at John... Go ahead, Martin. And so I was just going to say, my, my, my grandmother, she, her favorite hymn as she got older was Be Still My Soul. And I think part of that is because as she got older, she lost her eyesight and she could listen to the spoken Bible, but she had to learn as well to be still because it wasn't as easy just to open up, read a chapter, 
check off a list and move on with the day. And so that's something which as I've gotten older, it has hit me more and more, that element of stillness. So how do you, when you sit down to read the Bible for your personal devotions, do you start with a song? Do you start with prayer? Is it, I mean, in a sense, I start with prayer. I mean, I just said that I'm asking the Lord to open my eyes, but is it different than what I described? Which would make it wrong, I guess. Just different. Well, I think I start with prayer, but it's kind of a very brief, um, you know, moment of confession, just a recognition of God's presence, and then very quickly moving into reading. And so I think I definitely need to take more time to be still in advance of that. What does yours look like after that point? So we, you know, we talk about the opening of it. What do you? What does it look like? What is it? What is your? What does your time with the Lord on a regular basis include? What does that look like? Um, well, I would read a portion of Scripture, and I think we're going to talk more later about whether it's a chapter or, you know, a larger segment or whatever it may be. Um, I then pray, and my prayer list. You know, some days I will go through a whole prayer list of praying for everyone in my church and, you know, being very detailed in every child. Um, and other times it's, it's maybe not as detailed and it's just not, you know, more brief. Um, and then, you know, usually I, I would close in prayer and move on. Um, what I would need to do more deliberately is actually having a time of, of actually singing as well, because I think that's something which is lacking in my private prayer time. And I know others have spoken of favorably. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, Martin, Martin, if you could keep the singing private, that would be awesome. I think definitely would be a good good thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I My gift to you will be to not sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, that conference I where I sat next to you, remember that? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, th- the thing that I want to say to, and, and all of those things are things I have done. Uh, here's my problem. I don't have a set way of doing it. And I don't know if that's a problem as much as I feel like it's a problem, but sometimes I feel like it's a problem. I have done it where I've sung. Uh, I've started off with a song. I've personalized the song toward heaven. Um, I've done it where I've where I've read three chapters a day, and then I've said a quick prayer and been on my day, uh, along my day. I've done it before where I try to listen to as much scripture in the morning as I can, and I'll, I'll listen to it. I mean, with today's technology, you can actually put a lot of that in your heart and mind and I don't know that I've found the perfect, perfect approach. Um, one of the things that I do that that I probably should adjust a little bit is sometimes I'll have my Bible reading time at a different time than my prayer prayer time. Um, and that that some the the downside to that is that sometimes I don't nurture both of them equally, or I miss out on one element of the. Have you guys ever struggled to get the whole prayer and Bible thing in? the proper balance. I do. I, I don't, don't think you ever will yeah. get that balance. I mean, George Mueller is renowned as being a man of prayer. And yet in his eighties and nineties, he said he wished he'd read his Bible more. And at that point he was reading his Bible four times a year. And so someone oh, wow. who's famed for prayer said, man, I wish I read my Bible more. And I'm pretty sure you could find someone who's more known for reading their Bible. And they would say, I wish I'd prayed more. So what I, I think really that, like, thirst, that desire is never in balance. And I agree with that. What I really like about this interchange is it will sh- it will show our listeners, especially our, our younger listeners, younger Christian listeners, that it doesn't have to be a certain set way. You're approaching the word of God. And, you know, the way I've approached the word of God has changed over the years. Sometimes I read the Bible through. Sometimes I just read the same passage over and over day after consecutive day. Sometimes I listen to it read to me, as you alluded to. Sometimes I have a chronological Bible here um, now on the shelf next to me, and I'll read the chronological Bible. Sometimes I'll read out loud. Sometimes I won't read out loud. Um, Sometimes I pray when I read, after I read. Sometimes I pray at a different time. I there is a sense in which it must be kept fresh. And if it gets stale to you, you do something within reason that is biblical to change things. Um, Mm -hmm. The point is you're approaching God with your heart, opening your heart, meeting him in the word of God and talking with him at some point every day. That's the point. Yeah. So the key thing is that we do spend time, you know, and and like I said, that's going to vary. But the key thing is that you do, spend time with the Lord. Yes, 
I, I, I will tell you this, what I've been encouraging our church to do as of late, uh, especially younger Christians, the Lord's blessed us with a lot of young Christians right now. It's it's a very unique thing for our church to have so many hungry young Christians. And some of these young Christians have been saved for a while, mind you. I think you understand yes. what I mean, that they just, yes. now they have that desire for the hunger and thirst after righteousness. And it maybe maybe it's 10 years after they've been saved. Um, but I've been telling them this, I'm like, listen, you, we've got to get this mindset out of our head that that if I don't meet a certain chapter number per day, or if I don't hit a certain minute number, now, obviously more prayer is better. I mean, more Bible reading is better. I'm not saying that, but I would rather see my young Christians give 10 minutes a day to the Lord at the very beginning of the day and begin a habit than to go about their day discouraged that they didn't measure up to someone's standard on private devotions. Um, and that's a floor, not a ceiling. Uh, and so that's something that I've been working with some of our, our new disciples on. I want to ask a few questions because we're getting close to the end of the podcast. And so let's let's see if we can talk about what you guys think about different things here. I've heard some people say, and, and a, a well-known, well-respected, who someone I respect, a well-respected evangelist is known for teaching this um, this approach. He says, I believe that every Christian ought to pray scripture. And as they're reading, they're praying. Have you guys ever taken that approach before? And what do you what do you think about it? How do you feel about it? I don't do it all the time, but I do it and I do it often. And especially I like to do it with the prayers recorded in scripture. Mm. There are some beautiful, mm -hmm. the Lord's prayer, right? What is that? It's a model or an example prayer, not something we repeat verbatim, but something we use as an outline to guide us in how to pray. And I've actually studied several of Paul's prayers, some of Solomon's prayers, some of Moses' prayers, Daniel's prayers, um, but especially Paul's and Jesus's, where you 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 deconstruct them and use them as an outline for how to pray. I'm a mm -hmm. huge proponent of that. Um, somebody was talking about singing, Martin. You were talking about singing in your in your time mm -hmm. with the Lord. So many of those good songs are prayers, right? It's it's mm -hmm. you saying something right. to the Lord, and you sing that, and it becomes such a sometimes very 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 emotionally moving times in your relationship with the Lord as you sing to Him. So yes. Um, I, I can see that. I wouldn't mandate it. I wouldn't say that, you know, every verse you read, you ought to pray to the Lord. But but yeah, I agree with right. that. Martin, any thoughts on that praying scripture? Yeah, again, George Mueller, um, I, as I'm talking through today, I'm being reminded of how much I've been impacted by George Mueller's writings. But he said that he would say about praying through scripture and um, as he would read, something or someone would come to mind and he would pray for them. He'd read a little bit more and the Lord would reveal something to him about himself or he would break out in praise. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely something which is is helpful. And I think it is a, a good reminder that our devotions are meant to be conversational. We hear from the Lord through his word and we respond to him in in prayer. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because you're talking about that George Mueller aspect is now I'm recalling he had some pretty uh, strong thoughts on praying scripture, and I didn't have that in my mind when I asked that question. So that that would mm -hmm. be something for our listeners to go find and read. Okay, here's a another question: um, morning or evening? Does it have to be in the morning? You know, I mean, I know all the Bible verses where it says, "Early will I seek thee," and all of that kind of thing. That's good, and I think it's best, and I think it's great. Uh, is there? I, I know of one pastor who, again, someone I respect, someone I love. But they say, you know, I read my Bible at night, and that's just what I do. What do you think about that? I mean, is there a set standard for it? Martin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think I could mandate you must do it at this time of day. Um, I think it is best to start the day at least with some recognition of the Lord and that it is His day and to seek His help. But, you know, some people, their mornings are not you know, they're not set up for time with the Lord and to get up any earlier would just not be feasible. And so for them, the best of their mental state is going to be the evening. Yeah. D Tom, don't you think though, like David's, David is the one who said early, will I seek thee, right? So if you don't connect with God in the morning, you're going to have trouble the entire day, but that does not mean necessarily that connection has to take place with 20 minutes with you sitting on a bench in front of your kitchen window. Uh-huh. You can connect mm. to God aside from that while you're moving on to something else. The danger right. is if you then do not include that 
longer period of time in the quiet of your life when your mind is still and your heart is still later in the evening and you begin to rely upon just that 60 second dart prayer to the Lord, you know, after you wake up and before your feet hit the floor, <laughs> if that becomes the summation of your communion with the Lord, you're, you're just on dangerous ground. You just are. I'm, um, I'm yeah. just laughing at my morning this morning. So go ahead. Keep, <laughs> keep hitting me. It's fine. Go for it. <laughs> I'm trying to hit you, but <laughs> I think this is I one like of those the areas. I, I like the idea of taking, of figuring out when in your day you have the most clear mind and the most time available that you can open up your heart to the Lord. Why can't you spend, okay, so you don't have time in the morning. So make sure your heart's in tune with him in the morning and then set mm-hmm. aside 45 minutes in the evening where it's you and the word of God and God. I think that's awesome. Yeah, Martin, you were going to say think something? It's, yeah, it's, it's finding that time that works for you because I know, you know, a lot of Bible students, I think they, they come out of a Bible college and let's admit it in IFB circles where it's super formulaic. You wake up, you do this, and then you maybe get a couple, gets married, you've got a young mom, and after a year or two, you know, it, who hasn't kind of rolled over, looked to the side, and there's like a four-year-old child just staring right back at you, you know, and <laughs> the only time, the only prayer you've got time for is, Lord, help me, you know, and and then your day's begun. You know, the kid's there, the baby's screaming, you know, whatever's happening. And so, and I think a lot of people then put pressure on themselves and say, oh man, yeah, I missed good. out this morning. I can't fix it. I'll, I'll pick good. it up tomorrow morning. Um, and that's where I think we need to be flexible and, and recognize our life stage. But, but let me ask you this, and we don't have time for a super long discussion on it, but in the Old Testament, when they said, early will I seek thee, didn't the Hebrew day begin the night before? What was the custom in that day? I'm curious because now it's seeming to me like didn't they say a lot of their prayers and and readings and all that in the evening before they went to bed? Or am I just off base here? What's the matter with doing both? Yeah. I, I, I kind of <laughs> well, like that idea. I mean, I'm, I'm just investigating here. I'm not saying the, that this is how one I of do the it. Things that I, one of the things I think happens is as you mature in Christ, you are drawn more and more to him. And when I read these testimonies of these senior saints or just talk with the senior saints, like in my church, who walk with the Lord for 50 years, they are less and less interested in newspaper, less and less interested in television, less and less interested in sports. You know, they spend more time reading the Bible and more time in prayer. Mm. They're they're It becomes something that literally is is like like Daniel. It's morning, noon and night with them. And, yeah. Right. And I'm not sure if that answers the question, but I think. I don't want people to, to beat themselves up because right. they spend time with the Lord in the afternoon. I'm glad if they do that. Yeah. Well, Psalm 119. A, go ahead. Mark. Sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. No, you okay, go ahead. I will. I will. I will. Um, I was I, just going to quote I, the I Bible. You go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say what I thought. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just a matter of, if we're not careful, we're going to think that this, that the formula Martin, you referenced is in a time or in, mm-hmm. a, you know, and and I do think that time and a place is important. I'm not minimizing that. But a time and a place is not everything. It is that relationship that goes beyond your prayer closet, that goes beyond your front mm-hmm. porch, that goes beyond that seat next to the fireplace or at the kitchen table where you begin your day or you end your day and you set a tone for living through that walk. And And again, it's not all about us. It's not about if I don't start this day with the word of God in prayer, my day is going to be terrible and I don't want my day to be terrible. No, it's all about giving God glory every minute of our existence and every moment. So, yeah. yeah as far as timing me, with David, you know, in, in Psalm 119, 147, he says, I prevented the dawning of the morning. So you say, all right, he got up early. That's mm. the time to do it. But then he said in some, in the same Psalm, the next verse, mine eyes prevent the night watches. And mm-hmm. so our time of devotion isn't the time of the day we speak to the Lord. It's a moment that we set the tone. And then, like Paul said, we pray without ceasing. We constantly have an attitude of prayer and connection with God. And I think we do need, you know, if you put it on the calendar, it's going to happen. So I think if you set a time, knowing your schedule, it's going to help. But then if it gets interrupted, don't abandon it, but reschedule as much as possible for the same day. Yeah. 
I agree with all of that, but I do think that one thing that people who are listening need to understand if they don't already understand this is there are seasons in your life where it seems like the heavens are brass and God's not listening or is he speaking to you. You open up your Bible, it seems to do nothing for you. You pray and you seem to get nothing out of it. And that's where a habit becomes such an essential part of the Christian life of obeying because God told you to obey. And um, that matter of there, there will be seasons or periods of time in which, um, you know, we maybe God is not speaking to us, but we still need the habit of approaching him until he comes back to us again. I think that's important. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think we've had um, a good discussion on the issue of private and personal devotions. And as is our custom, something that we try to do at the end of every podcast and we'll carry over into this issues podcast is we want to give a summary of the issue. We want to talk about it. And so at the end of every one of these episodes, we'll have one of the hosts kind of summarize everything. And today we've elected the wonderful, wise Martin Wickens to do so for us today. Martin, why don't you summarize the issue for us today? In our devotions, our quiet time, we exercise a blessed privilege. Through Jesus Christ, we enter the presence of God. A creation certainly declares the glory of God, but he has gifted us with the opportunity to draw near in a much more personal and perfect way. The created gains an audience with his creator. As servants, we sit at the feet of our master. As students, we learn from our teacher. As children, we look up and call him father. God in his word speaks to us. The Holy Spirit enlightens us. And each of us with the abilities we have does our best to absorb, retain, and apply the truth. In prayer, we respond. We bring to him our confessions, our thanksgiving, our supplications. In the moments of stillness, we learn patience. We give time for the written word to find a place and we measure our response in prayer and song. And in singing, we express some things that we maybe cannot find the words for in the prayers constructed with our own vocabulary. Sometimes we feel like we feast. Truth leaps from the page. The blessings like a fire hydrant pour out more abundantly than we can absorb. And other times, like Bunyan's Pilgrim, we feel as if we trudge through the slough of despond. Lifeless, we pitifully reach for something. But most often we settle into a routine. We experience neither the depths of a valley nor the heights of a mountaintop. We do not feast nor starve, but we find sustenance for the day. And perhaps in those times we get what we need most of all. Simple spiritual nutrition and a relationship built upon time spent with God. We must maintain private devotions and we must keep devotions as a family a priority. We will not be perfect in either, but it is not perfection that we achieve in this life, but we aim for progress. And so alone or as a family, we read, pray, sing, and be still. We devote ourselves to God and receive from him what we need for each day. Your fellow servants, Martin, Tom, and Stephen.